If you hadn't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Ms. M's Podcast with your host, Ms. M. Hey, 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 everybody. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Miss Ann's Podcast. Today I have a very special guest on the line and she goes by the name of Melissa Domain. She's a sleep consultant for children with special needs and today I'll be talking with her. But before we go into that, you know that's right, we're going to go into our inspirational nugget of the week and we're going to Say our affirmations. We're going to talk about our affirmations. So I want you to repeat after me. I love myself unconditionally. Blessings are coming my way. If I fall, I will get back up again. I will make a difference in this world. Mm. I believe in my goals and dreams. I'm a leader and not a follower. I can do anything I put my mind to. Don't you feel good? I sure do. (laughs) After reading this, I feel real good and I feel positive. So don't forget daily, read your affirmations. All right. Today, I have a very special guest on the line, and she goes by the name of Melissa Domain. Yes, she's a sleep consultant for children with special needs. Welcome to the podcast, Miss Melissa. How are you? Hi. Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm blessed and highly favored. I noticed reading a little bit about you know what you do, you help children with special needs navigating their sleep patterns. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I help make sure kids with special needs are, are getting the best night's rest, night's rest possible. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is awesome. That is awesome. So I want to ask you, what made you decide to choose this as your career path? Well, I've, I've worked with kids with special needs now for over 10 years and, you know, maybe four or five years into my, my work with these, with these children you know, one of the things that constantly came up for my parents was, you know, how do I get my kids sleeping better? And, you know, when I first started off, I really didn't know what to recommend to my families. And these families were very dedicated, doing very intense, you know, therapies with their child. And you would think that with all the activity their child was getting, they'd be getting good night's sleep, but it just wasn't the case. So that kind of led me down a path of, of, trying to figure out what I could do to help these families. And ultimately that brought me to the, the whole concept of sleep training. And, you know, what I was able to do was I was able to adapt it for the, my, you know, my families that I was working with, with my other work. And as I started to get more and more positive feedback from those families, I was like, okay, you know, there's, there's something here. And, you know, I realized that there are many, 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 many children who have neurodevelopmental diagnoses, who really just 
didn't sleep well. So, you know, that's kind of what led me <laughs> on this path of becoming a sleep coach for special needs families. Wow. So the word consultant and coaching, are those one and the same or? Yeah, it's, it's a good, it's a great question. And I know that there are many people who are like, oh, you got to be careful with <laughs> how, you, how you refer to yourself. But, you know, I think in a lot of ways, I would be considered a consultant because I'm basically telling parents what they have to do. But at the same time, I also realize it's a very, it's a very rewarding, but a very challenging process. And there are some times where you have to put the coaching hat on to say, all right, mom and dad, you're doing a great job. I know this is tough. Let's keep going and helping them to find that motivation to see the program out. Right. Gotcha. So why is sleep so important for kids with special needs? I thought maybe, you know, with I thought maybe with them, it's easier for them to sleep a full night, that full seven to eight hours a night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the way I look at it is that, you know, sleep is very important for brain growth and development. I mean, there's so much that goes on at night that unfortunately, many kids with special needs, they, they're not getting that adequate amount of sleep. And you mentioned seven to eight hours. I mean, this is good for, for you and I as adults. <laughs> but of course, for, of course, of course. Yeah, I think some parents who might be listening to this would feel lucky if their child was getting that much sleep. A lot of times, many of the, ch- of the children that I work with are just barely getting that amount, sometimes even less. So they're missing out on really good and, and precious time for the brain to organize, to process to clean up like there's so much that it has to do in order to really have a nice clean organized slate for the next day and you know when you're doing so many different therapies with with a child they need to have that rest and recuperation not just to let the body heal and and process but the brain as well and with every new skill that you're trying to work on with a child the brain needs time during nap time or at nighttime to, to really process and to make that information you're working so hard to put in, you know, at night, the brain makes that more and more permanent. So, you know, besides brain growth and development, of course, it's, it's great for health and immunity and, and physical growth. I mean, these are all very common things that, that my children struggle with. And many parents will say like, once their child is really sleeping better not only is energy and stamina improved, but they're seeing their child physically grow. They're seeing their child being healthier and happier day yeah. in and day out. So. That's good. What are some of the first things you recommend for parents with special needs to help their child sleep better? Right. Well, the first thing, the first initial things I will usually recommend to parents just to get things started is to, first of all, make sure that their child is getting enough physical activity during the day. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And trust me, none of these things are like monumental or so, so different for kids with special needs. It's just, I think a lot of times they're not even points of consideration for many of these children, but what I will say about physical activity, you know, it's, it's great for creating that need to sleep and to, to burn off that energy, but it also helps to develop 
breathing and regular breathing, which is something we need at night as well. Now, that being said, like there are many kids that I work with who might actually get too much physical activity. And sometimes too much physical activity can make things a little disorganized. So one of the first things I go over with my families is just like, hey, let's start just by tracking the amount of time of physical activity your child gets during the day and what changes with the sleep. And sometimes, you know, you have to go up to a certain point, but you don't want to go overboard with it as well. Wow. So, yeah. So, <laughs> so there's, there is a balance. And I think probably a lot of parents whose kids are maybe like a bit more hyperactive can kind of attest to this. Like they know maybe sometimes a little too much physical activity would do, you know, would do bad on, on sleep at, at night. Now, in addition to that, I also recommend parents not only cutting screens at a certain hour in the evening, but actually putting a cap on the total amount of time as well. From a screen time standpoint, you know, the best place to start is just trying to cut it completely at least an hour before bedtime. But I find that for a lot of my kids that I work with, that time during the day can also add up and it can especially if kids are maybe a bit more sensitive from a sensory standpoint, that increased stimulation of that blue light kind of stays in the system longer. So if you've already been capping, you know, screen time that hour or so before bedtime, start taking a look at total time during the day. And oftentimes starting to, to limit that more and more can help as well. Okay, so you're referring to when you say screen time, you're referring to the was it on the computers, oh, tablets. computers, tablets, cell phones, TVs, the whole <laughs> the whole thing. Anything gotcha. that <laughs> anything that's a screen can cause some issues with nighttime sleep for sure. That yeah. makes sense. And also you mentioned the physical activity. I figure with children giving them more physical activity are awesome. They're gonna tire out, they're gonna fall asleep. To- you know, that's when you think of when you hear, you know, physical activity, you're like, that's a great idea. Because I used to work in childcare, so I know mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. the more physical activity you give them, even though they're not children with special needs, the more physical activity, the better they sleep during their nighttime. Yeah. Just to give an example. Oh, yeah. And look, I would say that, you know, going overboard is not something I see all that often, but it, it can happen. And I think. The reason for this is because like if the system is overtaxed, what happens is, is that you're starting to build up like a little bit of overtiredness. So that usual bedtime, if your child has had a loads of physical activity that day, that usual bedtime, you may actually be missing the mark. And for a lot of my children who get into that overtired state, um, it becomes harder for them to regulate themselves from a sensory standpoint. They lose their balance, their coordination. You know, all of these things are affected when, when the overtiredness kicks in. And sometimes it could just make the process much longer than it has to be. So in, in those moments, if you feel like your child has gotten much more activity than they usually do, I would recommend actually putting them to bed earlier just to try and help reset things. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 And I I remember one of the first families I really started to figure this out with, what would happen is he would have a full school day on Tuesday, but then that was his day to go to like the trampoline park. Like he had a, a special reward day. And 
every single Tuesday, no matter what, like Tuesday night, the sleep was horrible. <laughs> but all the other days of the week, everything started to settle down. So what we started to do was we would, you know, I'd had mom start tracking how much time she was spending with physical activity. And we were able to put a number on it to say, hey, listen, he should not go over this amount each day. And once we stuck with that, sleep got a lot more regular at that point. Oh, that is great. I like that. I like to hear the the success stories yeah. of your work. And I know that made you feel good as well. Oh, yeah. And, absolutely. And absolutely. Said, and you said this was the first family that you worked with, correct? It wasn't one of the first families I worked with. It was the first family where I started to figure out like, oh, there, there's actually, you can go overboard with, with physical activity. And he was just like, again, it was just so clear. And once I started to do this with more families, I started to realize like, okay, yeah, there actually is a limit. Some kids do have limits with all of this. And I think that says a lot for everything in life. Like you have to strike a balance. You can't do (laughs) too much of one thing or the other in many different places. Exactly. Okay. What's your opinion of melatonin or prescription meds to help kids sleep? I'm just learning about melatonin myself, that that's a sleep aid. And I'm not yes. yeah. fond mm-hmm. on medications, but I know they say for younger children, it helps them to sleep better, have a, you know, a better night's sleep. So mm-hmm. what, how would you, I mean, what's your opinion on that? Well, look, I'd say melatonin in general is fairly harmless if used temporarily, right? So even for us, if we were having a, maybe a stretch of time where we would not be sleeping well, you know, like case in point, if you're traveling many hours in one, you know, positively or negatively, sometimes having melatonin to help initiate sleep can be really helpful. But I think the big issue is, is that because it's a, you know, because it's considered a natural supplement, you know, it's often overused or overprescribed for for many of my kids. And most of the time, it's usually just given to say, and, you know, because the doctor or the professional really doesn't know what to recommend to the family, or they don't think that the child, yeah, (laughs) or they, they just don't think the child has the potential or understanding to learn actually good sleep habits. But, you know, very often, like I said, it's usually way overused. And, We don't know what the long-term effects are of using a synthetic, I mean, essentially it's a synthetic hormone. You know, we don't know what the long-term effects of using this is for kids. So rather than putting something in the system that really doesn't or shouldn't be there on a long-term basis, once you, you teach a child those skills and what they can do to have that best night's rest, many times parents can just stop giving it altogether. I would say probably it's pretty split down the middle. Like I'll have children who are half on, half of them are on it. Half of them aren't, you know, most of the time towards the end of our time together, parents are like, okay, yeah, I think, I think we're good. We don't really need this anymore. And a lot of times, you know, it's given, but what people have to understand is like, it just helps you initially fall asleep. It doesn't help you keep asleep. So for many of my kids where, yeah, maybe they fall asleep. Yeah. (laughs) They may fall asleep. Okay. In the beginning of the night with that melatonin, but parents know like come 2am, it's no guarantee that they're going to stay asleep. Very often 
you know, they've gotten a nice deep sleep, which is good. But then that 2 a.m. time, they're up and they can be up for hours where the melatonin is not going to help at all at that point. Okay. So you're looking at like, okay, it's 10 o'clock. They gave them the melatonin. It'll let them sleep for like two hours. And then after that, they're up. So that's what you're referring to. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, this would be the same for us too. Melatonin just helps to to initiate sleep because naturally what our body does is it produces this melatonin and basically turns on the tap when we should be going to sleep. So you have that initial dump of melatonin in your system. The supplement, you know, adds more to the system, but it doesn't necessarily mean that like it's going, the tap is going to keep flowing. It's just that initial dump. And then that's it. <laughs> at that, at, after that, like it starts to taper off. So um, gotcha. yeah. And I mean, the same goes for prescription medications too. I think a lot of times, very similarly to melatonin, when melatonin hasn't worked, the doctor's like, well, okay, I guess that means we got to put him on clonidine or risperdal or whatever oh, it is no, to help with okay. sleep. And I mean, I've had parents who have told me like, we've tried five different medications and just putting in these good sleep habits and knowing what makes my child tick, what makes them, you know, makes them too active or, you know, whatever. Like once you figure that out, you've got lasting solutions where you don't have to supplement or, or give any medication. It's not perfect every single time, but there's definitely, I have many more families who, who've said like, okay, we don't have to keep doing this stuff anymore, just with simple lifestyle and, and habit changes. Yeah, because my question is, you know, what about children with anxiety? Now, mm-hmm. no, that's not in the area of special needs. Do you work with those children as well? Sure, sure. And I will say that from especially this last year with COVID and everything, I've seen a lot more. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen a lot more children. Yeah, it's been a real challenge for kids, especially for kids with neurodevelopmental issues like this back and forth of like everybody's home, then everybody's out of the house. I'm kind of in school. I'm kind of not like it. It just shakes the foundations. Yeah. And I've had dozens of families I've worked with over the last year where it was like, sleep was actually totally fine until all this COVID stuff happened. And that all those lifestyle changes can cause a lot of, you know, anxiety or a lot of stress for kids. And there are ways to do this so that even for the most anxious child, you can start to encourage more independence and more importantly, confidence around sleep, especially for a lot of my older kids that I work with, they'll kind of convince themselves that, there's, you know, this, I always just need to have mom there, or this is never going to work, or I'm just not a good sleeper. And sometimes it's just a lot of work around like, no, we need to give you confidence with this. And once they kind of bridge that gap, and they realize like, oh, yeah, I, I can actually do this. Those anxious feelings around sleep slowly just start to, to dissipate. And, you know, anxiety is, it's a tricky word, because I think, you know, the other thing I teach my families is that like for a lot of children that I've seen who have been diagnosed with anxiety, they tend to be, they tend to have big sensory issues as well. They're too sensitive to sounds or they avoid things from a tactile standpoint, or, you know, they just get overstimulated. And 
when you're seeing and hearing and feeling the world in a much more intense way than you should, I think that would make any of us feel pretty anxious. Yes, I you know, we, agree. Yeah. I and agree. we've we've all been there. I mean, we've been at like loud fairs or parties where there's big loud music, lots of people talking. Like you can go into overwhelm. And if a child is experiencing that day in and day out, what is labeled as anxiety may actually be a deeper issue and not necessarily an emotional issue. Not always at least. So, so yeah. You yeah, because you do and so you say that you work with older children. How old? Mm. I've worked with kids who, you know, most when I say older children, I'm talking about kids maybe from between the ages of 10 to 16. I've worked with a few adults as well, but it's, you know, and it that's a crazy time too because, you know, there's hormone changes and all sorts of, you know, school and all sorts of other stresses and pressures that you have to kind of plan around. But the nice thing is is that most of these older kids that I work with, like you can incorporate them in the plan. You can say, "Hey, like these are the changes we want to make. Like, let's let's give you as many options so you really feel like it's something of your own. When you're working with a, a younger child or a toddler, like parents have to put the boundaries in for a lot of things. But with the older children, they have to have a say in it too. And then of when course. they when they have yeah, and when they have a say and they feel like, oh yeah, this is really something for me, you know, I think a lot of that worry or anxiousness around sleep, again, it, it all kind of builds up their confidence with it. Yeah, because the reason why I mentioned that my son, he is 13 and he has been diagnosed with you know anxiety. And I'm it's not easy. No. It really isn't easy. So yeah, that's why I was asking about the melatonin and thank you for helping me to understand that better. Because his thing is, you know, and the sleeping. It's hard for him to sleep sometimes, but when he takes the medicine, which is hydro, hydroxine, I cannot mm-hmm. pronounce that word. You, you, do you know what I'm talking about? Hydroxine pop, perhaps? That, that's it. Okay. That's it. <laughs> so, but that's as needed though. That's as needed. Yeah. But it just seems like it'll just, he'll have neck pain. He'll have just little areas that'll be hurting him. But I'm like, it, and he just feel like his heart is, like his, heart is beating real fast but when I check it it's fine so Mm. then I'm like wow that's that's a lot of the anxiety that he's dealing with just from the being home and and not being out sociable and you know things of that nature so yeah yeah absolutely Um, that's why I wanted to ask you I said do you specialize with children you know also older children preteens with anxiety so yeah yeah definitely well and you know, in my experience, it may, like I said, it may not be perfect every single night, but like, as these kids start to get ahead of that, like, tiredness or that sleep debt that they've, you know, worked up because of the anxiety, like, it's a very good, you know, you start to reverse that vicious cycle of like, I'm feeling anxious, so I'm not sleeping well, but that also affects, you know, my anxiety and back and forth. Like, if you can reverse that in any way, you know, both things are going to continue to change positively, whether, you know, and, and the two, there's a very close relationship between that anxiety and sleep. And when you are sleeping better, you know, it, it helps to keep things more regulated. You're able to process information and to not get like, go from zero to 60 with that, right. that anxiousness or stress, you know, you're much, you're much better at handling those things as they come up. Yes, I agree. 
Man, I learned a lot today. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you. Oh, also, I saw on your page that you have package setups for mm-hmm. families. Can you explain more about that? Yeah, sure. Well, this year, 2021 was a year of for me to try and figure out like what was the best way for me to to help as many families as possible while still being able to work two jobs. <laughs> basically. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> so what I did this year was I launched a, a small group coaching program called the Special Needs Sleep Program. And basically what this does is it gives parents access to all of my tools so they know exactly what they have at hand. Now, I will give parents individual guidance to say, all right, I want you to start with this and this and this. And I work with a small group of families for six weeks. And during that time, they get coaching from me, but it's a teach one, teach all approach. And many times I'll have parents tell me like, gosh, I didn't even realize I had that question about blah, blah, blah until, you know, Harriet asked it. And so there's so much that you can learn from the experiences of other families as well. And it allows you to, to celebrate wins, however big, however small, in that group setting. So I have that. And then of course I have one-on-one consultation services as well. So yeah, so th- this is more of like, if I take out all the guesswork for, for you, I put it together, I teach you exactly what you have to do. And it's a bit more intense, but the follow-up is a little bit different. And you know, ultimately what I tell parents is like, look, it boils down to how much support you think you need in the process. And some parents will simply just tell me like, hey, I love the idea that there are going to be a few other families here. Let's do that. Or sometimes yeah. they'll say like, you know what? I don't, I've tried some things already. Like, let's, you just tell me what I got to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I think either way, regardless of what path a parent takes, like ultimately they're going to have my help. They're going to have my support. And, you know, and my goal good. is, to, yeah. And, and my goal is to, to make sure parents know what they have to do and that their goals are are being met and you know that's that's ultimately what I'm here for as as a consultant but also as a coach as well like you know parents may have very specific goals about their child's sleep or maybe they'll just say to me hey listen if I can do this where I don't have to rock them on a physio ball for 4 hours I'd be in pretty good shape <laughs> whatever that is you know I'm here to to help them with that and that's awesome. You're doing an awesome job. And thank I you. just thank you for coming on the podcast, Ms. Domain. I've, re- I've learned a lot today. I've learned a lot. And thank again, you. Again, I've come to the end of the show, everyone. But again, Ms. Domain, I thank you for coming on. It was nice to meet you. Also, our listeners would, I'm sure our listeners would love to know where they can find you. Can you give them, because you're on social media, definitely. Yes. Can you let the listeners know where they can reach you? Sure. So my, so you can reach me on my website. My website is melissadomansleepconsulting.com. I'm also on Instagram. My handle is special needs sleep coach, but I'm also on Facebook as well. And if you just search Melissa Doman sleep consulting, hopefully it should come up. (laughs) (laughs) But I thank you. I'm telling you, I I learned so much. I'm so glad that you really helped me to understand now the difference. You helped you. I'm sure you've helped the listeners to understand as well. But again, thank you for coming on. 
SM's podcast. And to all of you, my listeners out there, if there's any content that you would like to hear or that you, any content that you can think of and you want to see it in a future or hear it in a future podcast, please hit me up on Miss M, M S E Y M 266 at gmail.com. That's Miss M. 266 at gmail.com. I'll see you next week. Stay blessed, be blessed, and stay safe.